Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the Happy Scientist Podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bite Size Bio. Hello, this is Nick Oswald welcoming you to this Bite Size Bio webinar, which today is a live episode of the Happy Scientist podcast. If you want to become a happier, healthier and a more productive scientist, you are in the right place. With me, as always, is, is the Bite Size Bio team's Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Kenneth Vogt. As the saying goes, he's just Ken. Anywhere else, he'd be a 10. In these sessions, we hear from Ken mostly on principles that will help shape you for a happier and a more successful career. Along the way, I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. If you have any questions along the way, please put them into the questions box on the right-hand side of your screen, and I will put them to Ken. Today, we will be discussing how to deal with challenging people in the lab and beyond. Over to you, Ken. Okay. Well, you all are looking at a screen that says how to deal with problem people in the lab. And Nick just said how to deal with challenging people in the lab. What happened there? Well, um, nothing, nothing, nothing's wrong there at all. Um, the reason that, that I put problem people is because I really hate the PC culture, political correctness, and sometimes we soften things up and I don't know that that's good. On the other hand, there is something to be said for soft landing for things. So I'll give you an example of something. That, that popped up right before this call. We were talking with our with our producer, and Nick said, hey, Ken, the last couple of uh, episodes, you didn't ask me to come in. And, you know, you just kept going, and you're in, you're in this flow state. Now, the only way I can get in is if I interrupt you, and, you know, that's not a good look. And, like, you know what, that's right. And you're right, I haven't, I haven't done that the last couple of episodes. And I don't really have a good excuse other than, you know, I just didn't want to put Nick on the spot because he, <laughs> he never knows when I'm going to say, hey, what do you think? And then on the other hand, he does think some things. And he, you know, and as he mentioned in the intro, you know, he's got experience in the lab, so I need to bring him in. And I'm not doing this to, you know, to take the limelight away from anybody else. I don't, I'm not just trying to make this all about me. So, so. It was a good conversation to deal with a problem or a challenge, however you want to call it. <laughs> um, and I think you'll you'll see that kind of thing applies in the lab also. So let's let's dive into this. And by the way, did did I count how that all went down correctly, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, you'll be speaking to my lawyer later, but no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Well, 
and you see the asking that question uh, comes comes down to my first point. Are we seeing clearly? Now, I just described the situation the way I saw it. And if I didn't ask, who knows what Nick thinks the situation looked like? And maybe I was way off. And maybe, uh, maybe there was information that I lacked. And, and that happens all the time. Sometimes we think somebody is creating a problem, um, but they're not really. They just, have more, they just have more information than you. And so if you're not seeing clearly, they look like a problem. And, and we all have this kind of experience all over in our, in our lives. You know, there are times when you just don't, you, you come in the middle of something, you don't know what's going on. And you need more information before you decide that it's a problem. Because once you decide that it's a problem, and worse yet, that an individual is a problem, you're going to see that problem everywhere. And you're going to see that individual causing problems everywhere. But if you see more clearly, you may realize that's not necessarily the case. Um, so it's not necessarily, you know, we're not trying to say that every time you encounter a problem or a problem person, that you're wrong. Because, you know, they, they may legitimately be causing problems. Um, so it's not that. But you want to make sure that before you before you decide that they're a problem, that it's actually real, that it's actually true. And sometimes the reason that someone is a problem is because of us, because we've withheld information or we haven't haven't looped them in in such a way that they can be a productive part of the team. I know it's hard to hear that. We think, no, this person's a jerk. They're an idiot. They're lazy. They're stupid. They, <laughs> they, they have a an agenda that goes against um, my agenda or the lab's agenda or the, the grant's agenda. Um, and you, you, you lump all that together and now you can't see it any other way. So getting the smoke to clear is really, really uh, a practical thing to do. And sometimes you have to do it for people that you wouldn't really want to. It's like, you don't like them that much. They're not that easy to deal with. They don't communicate all that well. Um, but it's still advantageous advantageous to you to make sure that you are clear-sighted about what's going on, that you're really seeing the lay of the land as it actually is. And this, this is not a moment to be thinking in terms of how you want it to be. It's about, first, see where you're starting from. You can't ever get anywhere until you first know this, that starting point. So, Nick, what do you think about seeing clearly? Well, a kind of a different angle on that is about kind of it's really easy to realize that uh, or to forget rather that you might be wrong as well, mm -hmm. and and then to to judge the situation and to not show compassion to the person's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so that's another way that I would look at that is uh, is try and give people the benefit of the doubt and give them space but obviously you need to have boundaries because someone who's just outright being a jerk will push those boundaries and um or step over those boundaries and that's when there's a real problem you know that's yeah. when that's when um when compassion stops working if you like and and you know acceptance stops working 
you just have to uh, then you have to do a next step. Right, exactly. And the fact is that that it's not unheard of for a person that's really intelligent and really educated and really erudite on some specific topic to have a short fuse. You know that they may be harder to deal with because, like, they already they already understand something so deeply, and, and it can be frustrating for them when other people are not all the way to the point that they are. And it may be hard for us to look at, you know, because we, you know, we would look at ourselves and go, "Well, I'm smart, and I know what's going on." Yeah, but that person might be in that particular area really, really plugged in, and we are the ones lagging behind. And now they're acting out. Um, like, come on, catch up kind of attitude may rub us the wrong way. But if we can just see, look, that's just how it is. This is this is an area of passion for them or an area of expertise for them. And let them have it. Yeah. Now, the point you just made, Nick, um, opens up the, the next thing I wanted to say. When we look at a situation, are we judging that person? And when I say judgment, I mean it in the, in the most negative sense. Now, we've talked about this in the past where you know, we have to make judgments in life. We, we, have to, uh, we have to know whether or not we're going to get run over in the crosswalk, you know, because <laughs> cars are going to do, you know, our drivers of cars are going to do what they do. We have to be able to figure out what's going on. But when I say use assessment rather than judgment, what I'm saying is you, you still want to do that analytical part. You still want to see the... You, know, you want to collect the data, you want to draw conclusions. But the judgment part is when we take our conclusion and now we pass judgment. We, we condemn. You know, we're, 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 looking, we're looking to find somebody guilty of something, that they've somehow failed. If we can just look at the situation and go, okay, I see what's happening here. I see what, you know, what, choice they made, what conclusion they drew, you may still completely disagree with it, but it's good to understand that they drew that conclusion. If they've decided that this particular task is a waste of time, it's good to know that. It's good to know that's where they're coming from. And, you know, you can get irritated by that and you can make it a, you can make it an emotional thing where it's like, man, what's wrong with them? Why are they always being so difficult? Why do they have to throw a monkey wrench into the works? You know, or why did why do they have this pet peeve? They got to get over that. This stuff we have to do a certain way. You know, if you have somebody that is that is um, constantly complaining about, oh, the the source of your grant wants feedback. They want they want status reports. They want updates, and they're complaining about that constantly. And they're like, this is slowing us down. It's getting in our way. It's a waste of time. And, and all that stuff might actually be true. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, it doesn't matter. We have to do this. It is just part of playing the game. And so you get annoyed about that. You start judging them like they just, they just don't want to play along. They don't, they don't want to be a team player. They, they think they can just do stuff without grants, can't be done. And they just don't get it. If you make the judgment about that, you're wasting all this this mental energy, this emotional energy that isn't doesn't really get you anywhere. Whereas if you just make the assessment of like, okay, they do not see clearly 
how this has to work. Well, from there, you're going to make, you're going to do different things. You, now you're going to go, well, how do I, how do I bring them up to speed? How do I get them on the team here? As opposed to how, you know, this jerk, I, I'm just, I'm just not going to tell him things. He's just, you just is going to complain anyway. And now, now you start, you start throttling information that might actually help. So, you know, then the notion here then is really, really be careful about that last little step after you assess and then you decide, okay, yeah, and now my conclusion is they're bad, they're evil, they're lazy, they're stupid, they're in the way, they're they're stirring the pot for no reason. You know, whatever you'll find, you'll have your own go-to things there. You have your your favorite judgments to make. Some people really like to find other people to be incompetent. Some people really like to find other people to be selfish. And it will keep seeing that everywhere. What you know, and so what do you really want? Do you want to see things as they actually are, or do you want to, to see things the way you've already decided they are? And you know, if 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 there was ever a world where that matters, it's science. And and you gotta fight against it, it's human nature. But you really need to see what's truly there rather than what you wish was there. So what do you think, Nick? Yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting you mentioned the science point. I, I wrote that down there as well. It's the difference between assessing and judging. Judging, you're adding in your own own emotion to to how you're seeing the situation. You're adding, adding in your own imagination. Mm -hmm. And then that creates a spiral where then, you know, the other person sees you doing that and that brings in their emotion and their imagination. And then that's where mm -hmm. animosity comes in and just you get beyond the initial problem quite quickly. Um, and if you applied, if you did that in science, where you got, you get a result or you see something in front of you and you apply your an emotion to what you would like it to be like and your imagination, then you quickly get into trouble. So that shows you where, um, you know, where that assessment versus judgment goes wrong. It needs to be, if you, you know, when you see encounter a problem person in any situation, or what was that challenging person or whatever <laughs> um, you uh, that you you do it dispassionately? What are the data? What is the the way that I always do it? Try to do it because it's not always easy. But is we're all on the same side here. We all want a common result, and so in you know when that's true, and um, so you know what is the what is the impediment, and how can we get there? You know how can we progress this rather than making it worse by adding emotion in yeah exactly and the fact is you know we're human we're gonna have emotions and so are the other people we're we're working with we're not trying to you know you you mentioned being dispassionate being dispassionate is something that you do by choice in appropriate situations there are times when you indeed want to be passionate and that's you know, so don't don't just cut yourself off from all emotions. And we, you know, we know people like that. There's, they're downright cold. And it's a it's a real limitation. So we we need to understand the difference between being just a blanket dispassionate and using it as a tool. And you, you know, you will know the time to use it 
and the time not to. So, you know, cut yourself some slack. Some of your emotions are interesting and useful and they are driving you. And we do want scientists to be passionate They're about things because if they aren't, who else is? You know, there are things that are, that are being done in science and especially in bioscience that you're at the tip of the spear. If, if you don't have the passion, nobody will. But if that passion gets out of control, well, then you actually become the problem person. <laughs> That's interesting because I just writing down here that the, um, overall, when you look at a talk like this, you know, and how to deal with X, you know, that how to deal with this challenging person or, or whatever, immediately what springs to mind is these guys are going to tell me how do I win, right, against that person. <laughs> and and that's where it goes wrong. It's it's the same, uh, and that's where the passion goes wrong. If you're passionate about just emotionally beating that, not emotionally, in an emotional way about beating that person, you know, getting your own way, then then your 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 passion is going in the wrong direction. If the passion is how do we make a win win in an ideal scenario, why are they behaving like that? And is there is there an adjustment I can make? Is there something I do I can do? Um, then, and again, it's not always the case because if someone just wants to be a jerk, then there are other method me measures you have to take. But in a lot of cases, you, this is about, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, but it's about creating the space for a mutually beneficial arrangement to work if the other person is willing to play ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's a continuum here. There are, there are people that will just do, will bend over backwards for you. They'll do anything you want. And then there are people that are just wholesale jerks. They don't care about you at all, or they don't care about your agenda. They don't care about your objectives. But chances are somebody's somewhere else, somewhere on that continuum and not at one end or the other. And so, you know, you have to look at a situation and decide, okay, is 10% of their argument invalid but 90% valid and is what they want close enough to what I want and can is there a way to you know, there isn't always a way to get in perfect alignment I mean that that is that is a worthy goal but sometimes it can't be done but can you get close enough for it to be workable can can you get them to agree to at least do the things that are most important to you or at least get engaged in the in the things you you find to be most important. And as, as we mentioned earlier, you start with seeing clearly yourself, you, because maybe that's the first thing that has to shift. You have a problem person you're dealing with and the problem is you. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you shift you and all of a sudden they're not a problem anymore yeah. or you shift you and they're not as much of a problem anymore, but give them the same chance to do that. Yeah. You know, the, give them a chance to shift. Do you have something to add there, Nick? No, I was just agreeing with you there. It's it's amazing how much uh, it's a double sided sword, double edged sword. That it's amazing how much problems will resolve if you just step back and don't engage in the way you, in the way that most people do. If you know what I mean, mm -hmm. don't yeah. don't escalate. And and a lot of the times it will just resolve. However, it can it, you have to be aware when that is not working. 
and um, and I guess uh, I'm hoping some of your later points are addressing when that doesn't you know this doesn't work <laughs> you know this side of it doesn't work absolutely so let's do that <laughs> what are the sources of the problems what is happening and what do you do in those situations now each of these these things I've mentioned that are on the screen here we'll talk about and they apply to the problem person but they can also apply to you you know so and whether it's them or you it's still a source for the problem and if you you know you want to kill things at the source we're not only about um mitigating symptoms we want to solve problems and as you pointed out nick some problems are insoluble and and you just have to accept that. You, you just have to know that there are some situations where you can't win. And that's it. You know, and if your objective is to always win, you've already lost sight of something. You know, <clears throat> you, you need to recognize that, that it's, it's the wrong metric to look at, winning versus losing. It should be, are we getting our objective met or not? You know, so we'll start with the problem of ignorance. And in the uh, in the field of science, ignorance is a, is a very, very costly thing. And we can see it from the history of, of humankind and even what I'll call pre-science. Science is a relatively new concept for humans. We were running along on superstition and, and uh, social pressure forever until one day somebody popped up and said, we have to look at the facts. And if the facts tell us we need to change, we need to change. So, I mean, that's been true in general for science. And you all have been doing that. And so have your colleagues. You, the, the most problematic people in your life have actually uh, signed on to that notion that they got to deal with the facts. They got to deal with the data that's available. So if somebody is just plain missing some information, well, that can explain the problem. Now, now sometimes you have to solve that problem, but get them the information. But it, if if that data that you're handing over is used used as a bludgeon, you know, if you're beating them with a club with it, that's not going to work. That's not going to solve the ignorance problem. Now, part of it may be that it's not your job to solve their ignorance problem. Um, it may not help at all to point out that they are unaware of something or they they're not up to speed because they're not open to receiving that but for you to see it you can at least at least you know when you need to sidestep some things now i know like okay this is gonna come up and you know i i need to maneuver around it not every problem needs to be solved head-on and ignorance is a tough one because a lot of people have their egos really tied up in in their their notion of, of expertise. So, you know, it's a walk softly kind of thing. Sometimes though, when you're dealing with people and you realize they don't know something, you can help them. And maybe it's a mentoring opportunity. Maybe it's a management opportunity. Um, maybe it's a friendship opportunity. Yeah, but who do you really want to hear that you don't know something from? I'd rather hear it from somebody that I like and that I trust right? So if, if you are actually being a friend to somebody, being a mentor to somebody, 
it hurts less. Now, if it's somebody you're competing with in, in your own mind and they point out that you're ignorant about something, ouch, that hurts. And you may be resistant to it. So and so we have to figure, well, they're going to have potentially have those reactions too. Other people aren't all that much different than you. They're fellow humans. They share the same needs. You know, they might have a little different mix of how they do it, but you can anticipate that. You can put yourself in that position and go, what if I was ignorant about this? How would I react? Well, one of your reactions might be that, you, that you'd want to get more information. But that's only one possibility. You may circle the wagons. I got to protect my position. And you realize they can do the same thing. So let's, let's look at the next point then. Ambition. Maybe the problem is their ambition. They're trying to take over the world. They're, they are climbing the corporate ladder, as it were. Um, and so they're doing things that are just serving them and will get them places they want to go. And if they're unwilling to take other steps or be a team player about other things, um, well, that may be what's causing you problems. You really need them to get on the team, and they're all about team themselves, you know. <laughs> um, again, seeing that, understanding that can can help you to make better choices on how to deal with situations. And sometimes, too, you can preemptively handle things. You can get things where, look, I don't have to push this guy's buttons on this. Um, I can avoid it if I go this way. Now, you don't want to get too pushed around there because that ambitious person is constantly setting the agenda. First, their ambition has to be served. Then the lab's ambitions are served. Well, that can be a problem for you, but, but at least be aware of how it is. And also check yourself. You know, what is your ambition saying? Are you driving for something because it's mostly good for you? And, you know, I'm not saying you should, you should take yourself out of the equation like you don't matter because you do. But you're just a piece of the puzzle, right? You're, you're, not the whole, you're not the whole thing. So that's another way to look at this. So I will, I will stop for a moment and say, Nick, do you want to comment on ignorance and ambition as a source of problems at this point? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously everyone's ambitious. You, you, you have to, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is the where, where I need to listen to you because uh, okay. it, it's when you, um, you know, there's a fine line between, uh, between um, allowing people, you know, to step over your own boundaries and uh, they're allowing their ignorance and so on to um, to be be non-beneficial to you mm -hmm. and uh, and trying to collaborate and just allow them to be who they are. You know, do you know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. We have. And we actually just interestingly we have a we have a question in about that i don't know whether it's a good time to or, or someone asking about a specific situation where um she is uh what um, uh, or there's a person here working with a a senior colleague in our in in the lab they're doing working on a similar project they do sampling together they do the work together but when it becomes to comes to analyzing the data 
the senior colleague is not sure is refusing to share the data so that the so that the, the junior person who's asking the question here can't use the data so th that's obviously an uh, uh, an instance of some sort of or you would assume on the face of it it looks like some sort of selfishness maybe ambition uh getting in the way here so that's what what would you think that's specific scenario what would be some good steps to make okay well let's well let's let's deal with selfishness and then i'll address that specifically okay. you know, sometimes selfishness may look similar to ambition but ambition has a little better objective it's somebody trying to expand and grow and to move up but selfishness is very short term it's it's just it's just it's mine hoard 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 right <laughs> you know um and that's very short-term thinking because at the end of the day, we all need um, the support of other people. And, and it's going to, that kind of stuff really comes back to haunt people. So the assessment has to be made here of is the person who's withholding this data being selfish or is it driven by some kind of ambition on their part? Um, that is, you know, do they want credit for sole credit for something? Um, so you have to first figure out what's going on there. Then you have to look at your own situation and go, are they really withholding data or am I, am I overblowing what's happening here? Am I, am I painting something in a, in a way that isn't actually accurate? So make sure you've got an accurate view. If it's true, well, chances are they're damaging your objectives. Well, you must have some somebody you answer to that cares about your objectives, and you, you may be able to enlist them to help you solve this problem. Now, if this senior person is in fact your boss, and they'd be the person you'd think you'd go to about that, you still can do that. You can still point out to them, look, I'm trying to accomplish X, as you've assigned me to accomplish, and I can't do it if you keep withholding this data from me, you got, you got to help me out here. Give me a chance. You know, the other thing is, do they realize they're doing it? Do they realize they're causing this problem for you? Cause sometimes we've built up this whole story that, Oh, look at this. They're, they're out to get me. They're trying to hurt me. They're, they're doing all this stuff. And they're just tra -la -la, motoring along, not even realizing they're the source of a problem for you. So it could be a communication issue on your part. So you need to stand up for yourself. You need to reach out. And sometimes just a little pushback is enough to get somebody who's being kind of a bully to stop. Because bullies tend to be a bit cowardly. <laughs> if that's what's what is actually happening. Um, you know, so there's there's multiple scenarios here. So the first, the first thing I would say is figure out what the lay of the land really is. Are they being, are they being a bully? Are, are they being arrogant? Are they, are they trying to cause a problem? Are they ignorant? Do they not realize they're causing a problem? Um, are they blinded by their own ambition to the, to such a degree that, that they don't care that they're hurting people around them? It's, it's good to notice that. And, and you will get more nuanced in your approaches as you get deeper into it. But, just stay in front of that person. Make sure that every time that it's 
that's causing you some some kind of pushback that you can point out this here's the problem that's going to cause you're denying me this is going to make this happen it's going to make that happen it's going to stop this from happening or that from happening you know keep putting in front of them that there are consequences here and eventually these consequences are going to hurt you you know and they should you know you need to you need to tie it into them you know what is how does the consequence impact them now it's possible that it doesn't and they're just they're just being you know selfish and bullying hopefully that's not the case occasionally you get in a situation like that it is untenable it is unsolvable and you just have to make a change you got to get yourself on a different team or you got to get yourself in a different lab i mean that's that's the last the last thing to consider but first first try and try and get them on the same team with you try and figure out how you can align your objectives and also what can you give them to get what you need is there is there some carrot that you can offer rather than the stick that you know hey listen if you if you will get me this in a timely fashion here's what I'll do for you and 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 go first do for them first and i realize that that leaves you in a position where they may just take advantage of you and just take and not give anything back but in situations like this sometimes you just got to take that risk and you got to accept that the the downside that you know sometimes when i do this there'll be no payoff but don't look at it only as that single event look at it like this is this is a career choice i'm making i'm going to be the person who goes first frequently and every once in a while i'll get burned now if you're getting burned too many times you know too high a percentage fall then you got to look at what well, am i just being a punching bag here but chances are people will respond to that people do people do want to be supported even if they look like they don't they want it <laughs> and they may not be asking for it so you may have to give it to to give them the notion that it's worthwhile so that's that's what i would say to the specific situation is there, is there anything you'd like to add to that nick the only one thing i would say is in the wording of the question there's a little bit of you know um you know how stupid i understand i've been in situations like this before um but take if you the more you can take your own emotion out of this and just create create it as a like deal with it as a transactional thing then the, the better it's going to be for you yeah the, and you don't need to deny your own emotions you don't need to tell yourself this isn't irritating me you know this this isn't hacking me off if it is it is but set your emotions aside for a second now and you can come back to them later if you want but for right now minus the emotion how do i see this situation and that'll that'll allow you most likely to see it clearer and then you know you can you can save that emotion for later and i don't mean just like push it down I'm not telling you to bury it. I'm I'm telling you to compartmentalize it. It's like and deal with it too. You know, yeah, at some point you may just need to deal with the emotion of it. Um that may be a conversation with a person. That might, you know, that with that problem person, it might be a conversation with a friend or a therapist or you know, a counselor or a mentor. I mean, there are there are other possibilities there. It may be you know coming on a, a webinar like this and and just getting some outside perspective so yeah don't 
your emotions aren't bad. They, not there is no there is no automatic bad. Like the emotions are weak and and uncontrolled, and that's not true. It's part of what makes humans interesting, and it's part of where so much discovery comes from. So so don't don't squelch that part of yourself also don't let it be in charge it is not properly in charge it is doesn't do a good job being in charge and it may try to be in charge <laughs> it may have you know, the emotional you may be saying look i'm just trying to help and it is just trying to help but the rational part of you is better to be in charge <laughs> and if the rational part of you will still accept the emotional part of you all the better it's just see it in its proper role. So that does kind of go to the next point here, this no notion of pressure being a source of problems. Sometimes people are doing things irrationally and em emotionally, and it's causing problems for us. And we're like, what is wrong with them? Why are they doing that? Well, perhaps the issue is they're under pressure themselves. So, and it may have nothing to do with the specific problem that's being caused to you. They have other other sources of pressure, you know, they may have other things they have to answer for in the lab. They may have, you know, other um, other bosses, and you know, that's something that's become interesting in the world today. It used to be you had a boss. Now we have lots of bosses, <laughs> and sometimes these bosses uh, have mutually exclusive interests, and so you have one person pressuring you to do this, another person pressuring you to do that, and and you as a third party outsider are getting, you're getting the impact of that. And they may well be, they're not balancing the people they have to answer to very well. And that's, that filters down to, to you, but at least you can have some empathy about that because chances are, if they're facing that problem, so are you, you know what, what's going on there. And maybe your empathy can just let some things slide Maybe your empathy can um, be a source of uh, you can help them. Maybe you've had that problem before and, and you know the way through. Maybe they can accept that from you. Now, not everybody will accept counsel or advice or discipline, <laughs> um, but a lot of people will. Or at least you learn, like, I know when I deal with this person, I have learned I can do this and I can do that. I can say this and I can say that and they can handle that. But there's a line or they can't handle it. Well, you know, you figure out what that is. And that is just part of, of developing your own career, getting better with people. And I, I realize there are a lot of very smart people that do have trouble in social situations. But I will, I will postulate that... Uh, that it's because they didn't put their focus there. They put their focus on becoming smart in other areas. And they did that because it was hard. And we've all done that. We've avoided certain things that are hard, but that's that's part of the pressure that I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about here. You've had pressure your whole life and it's caused you to develop your personality and your social skills to the level they're at now. Well, keep going. You know, there's no reason you can't become more social. There's no reason you can't get better at 
the social part of this. The social part is real. And the same thing is true for them. You know, they may have had difficulty there and it's showing up now. You know, and they've rested on being intelligent when maybe in certain situations being compassionate or being forgiving would have been better. Because <laughs> like, well, how can being intelligent be bad? Well, if it gets in the way of those kind of things, yeah, that's a problem. So, you know, watch for that. Is there a way that you can just let some things slide? Is there a way that you can make it a little easier for them? And you can do the same thing when you look at yourself and you realize, man, I need, I need a little breathing room here. Or I need some for forgiveness and maybe some forgiveness from yourself. It's like, you know what? You can't always do everything. Sometimes you overcommit and that's a mistake. And maybe you've had a pattern of that. And now you, now you chastise yourself all the time. Man, why did I say yes again? What is wrong with me? I know better, you know? And now, now you've created this pressure situation where you will cause problems. Or, or you will be more susceptible to problems from other people. If, if you are in a more balanced place, you're going to have an easier time dealing with problems as they come your way. It's just like, oh, okay, I'll handle that. But if it's like, oh, God, the fire hose is turned on. I can't take it. You know, <laughs> um, pressure can, can cause problems. And sometimes just having some empathy about that can make it a little easier to accept someone causing a problem. Anything you'd like to? Yeah, I, I, just a general kind of observation about everything that we've been talking about here. And, and it's that this whole thing is about you know, we're all pre-programmed to react in certain ways to certain situations. We've all got our own go-to way to to mm. deal with um, a conflict. Like some people will, as you said earlier, some people will get angry and try and overpower people with anger. Some people will go to intelligence, uh, uh, you know, trying to be more intelligent than the other person and kind of outbrain them, if you like. <laughs> some people will go into victim mode and try and manipulate the situation that way. And we all have our own way. And what you're dealing with in any 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 situation, any conflict situation like this, is the clash between those two sort of um, non-optimal ways of interacting. Mm -hmm. And so the way you can look at it is there's always a better way. Overall, there's always a better way to be in, in the situation, a better way for you to be and a better way for the other person to be. And what you're trying to do is create the room to allow that to happen. You're you're trying to take your own um, your own initiative to say what's a better way for me to deal with this and for me and the other person and what is and invite the other person as well to have to to see uh, a better way to deal with it and um, and then see if you can you know if you can either or both of you can move up a one or two notches then it makes the thing it makes the whole situation work much better so it's it's about recognizing from your own perspective, it's it's really about recognizing your own patterns and changing that, and that's how you have the most. That's where you have the most power. But you know, sure, yeah, and, and it's good to recognize that you can't expect to win every time on every every situation. You know, you come to them, you should change A, B, and C, and I'm willing to change D. Well, do you have to get all four, or can you be happy that? They agreed to B. Can you be happy that you agreed to D, even, even if the agreement is just for yourself? If it improved the situation, great. 
and feel free to keep working on it because it's it's like it's just like you're working the lab what there's no point where you're finished there's there's no time when you're gonna you're gonna ring the bell and say that's it science is now completed you know well, that's not how this works and it's not how human nature works we are we're not looking for a a one size fits all answer to everything you know that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 42, right? <laughs> We're done. But uh, it, it won't be like that. But, but celebrate your wins. And, and when you realize that something's not going to happen the way you want, well, accept that and move on. Or just if you decide, though, this is the hill I'm willing to die on, fine. You know? But understand, there are consequences. If you're going to take risks, um, hopefully the rewards are, are commensurate. But but sometimes, sometimes the risk is what, what pans out, and you just have to decide, I'm willing to accept that. Otherwise, don't take risks. So th these last two points of things that are caused the problems are super practical. Time and money. <laughs> We've all seen schedules get in the way, things that could be done in theory, but aren't done on time. Things that could be done if we had enough resources, but we don't have enough resources, and so they're not going to happen. And that's the real source of the problem. And we're saying it's the problem person, but except they don't have the time. Or they don't have the budget. Well, we need to see that as it is. If that's true, then we need to work with it within the constraints. And there are plenty of constraints in your day-to-day -day work. You And some of the constraints you... You've so internalized, so accepted, you don't even worry about it anymore. You understand that chemistry means this has to happen this way. It can only happen this way. And you don't fight against that. You don't argue that, like, oxygen shouldn't do what oxygen does. But yeah, but it does. <laughs> you know, We can be the same way with people. This person, they've got too much on their plate. And when that happens, they start acting like this. Well, when you see that, you know it. And... Uh, you, know, you step to the side. <laughs> you don't. You don't let it hit you in the face. And the same thing may happen with yourself. You know that I start causing problems when I run out of time. I cause problems when I don't have as much budget as I would like. But we have to deal with it. We have to deal with what is. That's always the case. We we can only start from where we are, and that other person can only start from where they are. Yeah. You know, if you can help somebody with time pressure, awesome. That may, be, that may be the solution. Chances are you can't do a lot about money unless you have budget control and you can share money with them. But uh, if you do and you feel like it'd be a worthwhile investment for your own objectives, fine. You have a solution there. And, yeah, it costs something. That's true. But some costs, are, as I say, they're just investments. The payoff's worth it. So, you know, decide that way. If you look at everything as an expense, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's financially related or time related or in any way, it's, it's all, it's only costing me. All we focus on is, is the price instead of the value, you know, start assessing things based on their value and, and you'll find some problems just plain evaporate there. Maybe the circumstance doesn't change at all, but our understanding of it changes in the viewpoint of something as a problem is the what's causing the weightiness if it's just if it's just 
the lay of the land, if it's just what has to happen to, to get a certain thing done, that's not as hard. It's not as painful, but if it's, but if it's feeling like a weight, you know, now we've got an emotional um, assessment of it. That's well, in this one, emotional judgment of it. And that's, what's really causing the problem. And we can, we can separate it from that and realize, okay, this isn't something to get mad about. It's not something to get despairing about or despondent or, or frustrated or, or you know, or, or, or. <laughs> we don't have to do that. We, we can make a choice. You know, that's, that's part of uh, what it means to have, have some freedom, <laughs> have some free will. And I know that's a, that can be a, a big topic the notion of free will, because you could argue that everything happens in the universe based on laws of physics and it'll come out the way it has to come out. Yeah. Well, we manipulate things all the time, don't we? So within, within the bigger scheme, we still have some control and, and that control, it, I'm talking about control in such a way that it's not being controlling, but we have a choice. So let's make good choices. Yeah. So we have a, another uh, question in. Mm -hmm. so just so everyone knows, we don't mention names in these because this can be quite personal. Um, yeah. So if you want to put a question in, in this or any of our future webinars, you just put it in. We won't mention the name um, and uh, and we'll see if we can shed some light on the situation. Mm -hmm. So this question is uh, similar to the previous one, but um, it's specifically the big boss that is creating the challenging and conflict situations and is not willing to hear feedback and resolve complicated situations. Um, so if you can't go any further up the chain, Ken, what, what's some recourse you could take or some, some ways you can look at it? Well, I, I would start with making sure that you're seeing things clearly. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody got to the, to the top, you know, chances are they have, they have some skills and they have some understanding and some knowledge. They, they didn't get there probably purely by nepotism. I mean, that happens, but, you know, chances are they got there at least somewhat on their own merits, right? So maybe they are seeing a big picture and you're not. You know, that's that we that's an easy assessment to make. They don't see the big picture. It's like, wow, that you are you really certain that you're looking at from their perspective um, because they may be seeing things you aren't even aware of um, and they may have pressures that you don't know about or even if you know about that you aren't bothering to think about or to take into consideration. Now, somebody can be at the top and be over their head. You know, the maybe you've heard of the, the Peter principle and with the Peter principle, if, what it says is that a person will rise to their level of incompetence and then stay there. <laughs> and we've all seen this in organizations are like, how did this guy get there? You know, they were really good at the job before this job. And now, <clears throat> now not so much. Now they're over their head. And, you know, we can have a little bit of compassion about that. I mean, it can happen to anybody. Sometimes yeah, we don't know how it will be for someone to move up until they move up. And we've all been through this where we've been promoted in a situation or we've taken on a new responsibility and it is new. So it is unknown how we're going to react to it. Right. <laughs> um, and we find out 
Now, chances are, <clears throat> as you've moved up in your career, you haven't had a lot of just wholesale failures, right? Well, let's let's hope that's true for, for the big boss now, too. But okay, but here they are. They're there. They're being a problem. I'm seeing clearly there's stuff they're not noticing. Um, they're not... They're not putting the level of importance on this area that impacts my world, um, and they don't realize that. All right, so the first thing would be, is there a way to help them with that? What would be an ignorance problem? Can, can you get them the information they need? And can you get them to pay attention to that information? Um, and sometimes that's the problem. Like, look, I send them emails all the time. They don't read them. Yeah. <laughs> um, We've all seen that. And, you know, that's because they've got their own world, their, their own pressures going on, and, and they're making their own priorities. And they don't realize the impact it has on you. So if you can't get them to hear you individually, the next step you can take, is there a way to present a group face to this? Can, can, I, can I get other people to, to sign on to this? We've got to help. We've got to help Bob understand X. You know, so, and I'm not talking about just being a rabble rouser in a lab, you know, like, you know, running around going, hey, if you notice how much of a problem Bob is about this, you know, that's not what I mean. What I want to say is when you go to some, you can, you can talk to your colleagues, say, listen, I'm having this problem and it's, it's not coming across to Bob. So what do y'all think? Am I wrong? Am I off base here? And it's not a bad idea to check in with other people. Because they may tell you, you know, you're being a little rough there. Or they may go, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, okay, I want to solve this problem. I know I'm not just telling you this so we can complain about Bob. Let's, what can we do together to help get it across to him? And, and ask for input. You know, ask other people to help you. Because you may find that somebody else goes, well, I know exactly how to do all that. I'm going to be talking to him about this other thing. But I'll, I'll definitely get this on the agenda. And all of a sudden, you're getting a forum that you weren't getting before. So engage other people in a positive way. You know, you're, not, you're not doing this to tear down that other person. You want to help them, actually. You want to get them up to speed. Okay, so that's first step. You try and try and um, to create a, a bigger pool of people that will want to impact it. Well, what if he really doesn't want to hear it? It's like, you know what? You people don't understand what you know, the bigger picture, that's their standpoint. And, and they're going to stick to that. Well, the, the next thing to look at is there's something you can do that is maybe doesn't get you everything you want, but can get you some of what you want, the important parts of what you want. You'll pick out the things that are most valuable and really pursue those. At the end of the day, though, if it's like, look, they're just clueless. And, and they, they got to their position by politics and that's just how it is. Well, maybe you're in the wrong environment. Maybe it's just not a good spot for you. I know that's a hard one because you know, you could be quite invested in the location you're in and community you're in, but sometimes you do have to make a shift, but I mean, that should be your, that should be the, your last step. You know, everything before that is like, what can I do to help? get this information across. Who can I enlist to be part of this? Use your charisma, you know, <laughs> um, get people engaged and involved. And if you're, and make sure you're 
you're on the side of the right, as it were. And I don't mean right versus wrong, you know, as, for, as in good versus evil. But make sure that you're in a supportable position. That what you're after makes sense. And if you find out, if there are some flaws in your position, then take a good hard look at them. If people, especially you're talking to your peers, you're, yeah, I know you want that, but geez, it, maybe that's not so great. You need to hear that. You need to you need to accept that that observation, and then look at it and see if you can bolster your position. Um, sometimes we're we're trying to sell something that isn't so saleable. When we could fix that, we could make it more palatable, and it maybe just that will be enough for the big boss to go. Well, now that you put it that way, yeah, we can do that. You know, sometimes we think they're the problem, and it's actually that our offer was the problem. And, you know, I'm not, so that doesn't make you the problem. It just means you, you uh, started from a weak position. Well, strengthen your position. Anything you'd like to add all to that, Nick? Yeah, I would say I'm just thinking of my own personal experience of being the boss and being the problem, but not <laughs> really realizing you were the problem and, or having kind of, it's kind of your own, um, uh, weak points that are the problem and that's the difficult most difficult part to fix right mm -hmm. um and uh i would just say to me if if the the big boss is creating the, the you know what creating the problem make sure they know that they are creating a problem right and that they understand that it's them this that is creating the problem and also then at, at that point offer ask if there's any way you can help or is there anything we can change to help that that not arise? And um, yeah, for me, it's uh, for me. One of the things is we have lots of processes running here. That's just not me. I'm. I'm. It's not not me. That's okay. I, I can do it, but it's not what I like doing. Right? It's not where my main focus is day to day either. And so to be drawn into uh, the minutia of a process is is quite jarring and difficult and so what i have asked I, I was made aware that that's a problem i'm just letting things skip over skip away um because you know when other people are waiting on me to make a step and i wasn't um getting involved because i was focusing on something bigger or that's bigger for me anyway mm -hmm. and and so i asked so what's how can we make it so that this works better actually goes into the way that i work and we just changed a few things around but you know, people could easily be, and I'm sure they were, sitting in the sitting, getting annoyed at me because I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Um, and unless it's pulled, I'm semi-aware of it, but unless it's pulled right into my front of view, you know, front of my vision, and said, "This is a problem. You're causing it. What are we going to do to stop it?" Then it's difficult to to right. sort of bring it in. So I would just say that. Yeah, and for the person on the other side of that, you know, it just to use you as a, an example here. You're you're a big personality, and you have a lot of intelligence, and you have a lot of passion about this operation. And for somebody to go up against that can be a little intimidating to them. And so that may be what uh, your questioner is also encountering. Is like, I don't want to have to do battle with this person. He's scary, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, sometimes you just you've got to you've got to step up sometimes and say, look. And, and I know you've had people do that to you in within your operation. 
Yeah. They've said they've put their foot down and said, listen, we need you to be engaged here. You have to do this part. Or if you're not going to do this part, you got to let it go and let somebody else do this part. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You, know, you got to be willing to say that stuff. What, what, just as, uh, one other thing about that thing of it's, it's intimidating to start, stand up to the person. It's when, if you perceive that as a, as a fight, I, I used to do that all the time was I'm going to have to fight my way through here to get, and then I, I'm not a person who likes fighting. So that would be immediately no. And, but if you're, if, if you try and take the emotion out of it and it's just a difference of perception and I'm just going to do your job is not to necessarily fix it, but just to try and improve the perception. Mm-hmm. Then it takes a lot of the emotion, a lot of the challenge out of it, and you just do it and and you and and see what happens. You know, it's like that thing that I always say about trying to get results in the lab. Don't don't set yourself the challenge of fixing it or getting the result. Set yourself the challenge of okay, I need to ask this question and see what happens. Right. And then deal with yeah. the, deal with you it. don't make an adversary out of out of that bacteria in that petri dish. Yeah, <laughs> it's can. just going to do what it does, right? Why isn't that band going in the correct place? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I've got one. There's one more question, but it's a similar scenario. Um, mm-hmm. How do you deal with bosses who deny, who don't give you? Basically, this person has written an article, and the boss is not doing the, you know, doing the editing of the article, and it's mm-hmm. stopped the publication. Again, the bigger picture is probably. Could well be anyway that they are overwhelmed, or or um, you know um, that it's not the, it's not high as high on their priority list as it is for you. Probably something like, is there a way that I is there something I can do to help make the time for you to um, to do these edits because it's really important to me, or helping them to understand the consequence of of delaying it, or showing more patience on your own side, or something yeah. that would be good places to start, I would guess. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, patience is really underrated. <laughs> um, it Sometimes that's really the only answer. If maybe hounding them about getting something edited up is just going to make it worse. It's just going to, now they're going to be, every time they think about it, they're going to be irritated. We, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. It's, it's But sometimes too, like you say, <laughs> Offering to can I can I do something for you to give you some bandwidth? You know, even even if they there is no answer to that, the offer is valuable. That's that basically says I care about what you're experiencing, boss person. Um, and because you know the impact may be the impact is I'm not getting published. Well, that doesn't really hurt them, you know. Yeah, but. It, but it may matter to them that look, they don't want to hurt you. They but but you know, they have their own their own agenda to take into consideration too. So but if you show some compassion for them, you'd be surprised how much compassion people will show back to you. So give them a chance. Give so, them a chance so a li- to be compassionate. A little bit of additional data that's just come in on that specific situation is that the correct the person's been waiting on the corrections for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this this is no longer uh, on their uh, on their radar. So, yeah, you you gotta you're gonna have to do something to restart this. It, it's a new project now. Stop thinking of it as an old project, because every time you're thinking about it now, you're just just ruminating, right? It's either let it go or start it again. You know, those are your only two options now. Yeah, I I would suggest something like 
okay, if they're if they are insisting on being the bottleneck, then you need some sort of ultimatum of I'm going to get this other person to do it, and 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 you know if you've not done this by X time, then I'm going to have to get someone else to do it because now this is hurting me. You know, like that. Yeah. A bit more hardball. A bit more. The way what I always try to do in situations situations like that is create a default pathway where you have power, which is to move it on to someone else to do the editing or just do your own editing and then and then submit it and um and give them the option to um to move it off the default pathway back into their own power where he'll do the edits or she'll do the edits. Right. That's the way I was trying to deal with those sort of things. The other thing that that scenario makes me think: Have they told you? that there's some drop dead problems you have to fix first and you've not done so. Maybe the, the reason they haven't done their part is because they're waiting for you to do something else first. And you got to really be brutally honest with yourself about that. You know, and maybe it's something you don't want to do or you don't even think needs to be done. But if that is their, if that is the reason from their perspective, we'll solve that problem and, and move on. You know? So again, it's worth pondering these things. What, what what does it look like from their side? Because we we're thinking about it every day. They're absolutely not thinking about it any day. It's not the same. It's a very very different picture from their perspective. Yeah, yeah. So make sure that the um the, the, obviously this is very important. You know, this person just said this was five years work that they did, and obviously you want to get the publication. The two things are make sure there's nothing you're doing that's or need to do that's blocking the supervisor from um, from doing the publication, yeah. uh, from doing the uh, the sorry the edits that you need, and then take it into your own power. And I would say if I you know I don't know the details, but if I was in your situation, my gut feeling would be make the ultimate default pathway that I'm just going to submit it anyway myself. Yeah. And and then see and then invite other people in, like another person or the or that same boss, to um you know if they want you can let them know you're going to be submitting this. Uh, do they want to submit first? Is switch it around? You know. Yeah, and you know, is it a power play on their part? They're like, you know, you can't do anything till I say you can. Well, there there may be consequences from that if you just go around them and submit it yourself. Just be be clear what the consequences might be and decide whether or not you're going to accept them. If, if you accept them, then, then go forward. You know, like, you, I like a bit of rebellion, Ken, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, I mean, there's a point where the, the cost could be so high that you're going, Oh, I can't have that. Yeah. It depends. And then uh, you, at that point you got to go, well, Oh, well, I guess I, that was five years of my life down the drain. That's how it is. Never. <laughs> and Never. yeah, that's a tough call, but sometimes <laughs> that is the right call. So Some... you got to assess for yourself. Yeah. Okay. So that is, uh, that uh, is how to deal with problem people. Anything else you want to add? No, I just wondered if you had another slide, but that was a really good oh. session. And um, yeah, thank you for, thank you for that. Uh, for, for for the great insight and to everyone who stuck with us for that quite a long session actually i thought um, this was going to be a short session yeah <laughs> oh that that might be oh some uh, just another question's coming um okay. that might be another okay uh, is there any suggestions for um 
for people who are, uh, as the person said, he neurodivergent, <laughs> who uh, they by di default they um, they have trouble just dealing with people in general, and and that can be a problem. You know, your your genius gets to gets you to the top, but your genius is then the problem. You know, or yeah. the part that's missing is the problem. Yeah, it's a difficult one, and it seems yeah. like it seems like there are more neurodivergent folks in the workspace these days, or at least that's the perception. It's it's getting a light shown on it, and the the fact is is that you got to pick your battles. There are some things that you can that are there are reach for you, but they're within reach, hmm. and then there's some things that are just too much to ask. So don't ask more of yourself than it is possible. But, uh, you know, if you can stretch a little, you get a little bit out of your comfort zone, you will get better at that. And you will, you will find your comfort zone will expand a bit. So, you know, it's, it is hard. But the fact is you've already done a lot of hard things to, to get as educated and experienced as you've become. So... Don't sell yourself short. You can you can keep expanding. A way to flip it. A way to flip it is that you know generally what we're talking about is situations where you are working on a multi-year contract. This is not the rest of your life with this person, mm -hmm. and uh, it, you know if it's not an option to move on to somewhere else in the short term, the key is then how can you operate in a with small less with more restriction than you would like, right? Mm -hmm. How can you keep your own emotion out of it so that you're not making the situation worse? And then, uh, and then you know, find ways around it. You know, uh, and and that it's not the answer people want to hear because it doesn't immediately solve the problem. But what it's really doing is preparing you for the next time when you you know what you're not looking for in a boss, for example. Yeah. And then when you are able to deal with someone that is more on your wavelength, suddenly you're much better because you have more tools that you've been sharpening while you've been in that more restrictive situation. Yeah, exactly. And and we mentioned patience earlier. Sometimes that's the answer. Maybe it's just suck it up and stick it out until this contract is over yep. and then make a better choice next time. And not yep. that you made a bad choice the last time, but you probably made a choice based on what information you had. Well, now you have more information you can make a superior choice. The you next you time. made a choice that gives you some specific kind of <laughs> education. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost. It was catalyst. We yeah. all know how useful catalyst is. Yeah. Well, catalyst happens to us as humans too. Yeah, In catalyst. In some situations, yeah. we don't like the situation, but what we learn from it is highly valuable and we wouldn't want to trade it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, again, thank you everyone for listening in. Some great great questions and situations and I hope we gave you some uh, some insight there to uh, to help you resolve some of those um, if you enjoyed our content please subscribe to the happy scientist on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube we've got lots of earlier episodes I don't know how many we're on now must be about 70 or something there are some great stuff in there that will help you um, especially the first few if you've not listened to those those are kind of foundational um, and please, if you have any colleagues who you think would benefit, please send them to the Happy Scientist podcast um, and, uh, and uh, you know, let them get the benefit of this as well. Let us find, uh, help us to reach other people. Until then, Ken, you're a 10 for us. And good, <laughs> to everyone else, you're, good luck in your research and goodbye from all of us at Bite Size Bio. Right, thank you all. Right.
Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.